are worlds between our own, and from these worlds there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments, scrawled in hidden places and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark Darkness. Hello, I'm Shark Child, and this is the Dark Verse. Testament scrawled in hidden places and on nether things with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. Unbelievably, my Facebook account has been re-enabled or reactivated. So, once again, you can find my fan page at facebook.com slash sharkchild. Alright, so make sure you go there, make sure you become my fan, make sure that you rate The Dark Verse on iTunes, because I need those ratings. You'll see the little stars on The Dark Verse page. Just go ahead and click the number of stars that you believe my podcast deserves. And that's that. Now I get to introduce you to a fantastical horror tale written by myself. This is episode 64 of The Dark Verse, and it is entitled, There They Freeze. The Cantleburn Bridge was high up and made of ice. It connected one side of the Reslinot Canyon to the other a railless pathway joining opposing caves that nested thirty yards down from the canyon's ridges. Although made entirely of ice, ice partially fused, partially wedged, the bridge had been a reliable mode of travel for centuries. It had been crossed countless times. This was to be my 449th crossing of the Cantlebrin Bridge and the nebulae of dust standing rigidly at the other end caused me to believe it would be my last. These were nefarious beings that traveled in packs, leeching upon the misfortunate, and they were evasive. They could be solid or gaseous when desired, and travel to places unbeknownst to the world of man. To encounter a nebula of dust without the proper safeguard was to encounter a certain but slow death. Once upon its victim, it would oscillate rapidly between its forms beneath the flesh, never fully allowing either form to settle. In this manner, it would burst like bubble-sized miniature explosions while feeding on the wounded, pulped leftovers. The only defense against such creatures was a tempered rod imbued with a copper outer coating, which acted like a magnet, drawing the things away from their hosts hopefully, before too much damage had been exacted. I had no such implement, and the base of the canyon, nearly two clicks downward, holding hundreds of pockets of frozen water, 
a sheath of giant frosted honeycomb would have killed me had the nebulae failed. This was not a depth wisely gazed upon for but a moment. There was no course safe except to trek back the way I'd come, and I would have reversed if I was able, but such a choice would have left me in the cave upon nightfall, stranded as easy prey for the coming of death. The coming of death was nightfall's abyss, an abyss that befell the world and consumed it every evening. The world rested as a weight within a pendulum of good and evil where good existed only at the truest base of passing swings. Evil existed at every other angle, with intensity increasing at each degree of height, and the cycle of the swings mirroring the cycle of day into night and night into day. This hidden pendulum bearing the world was called the determiner. Over time, the determiner had begun to swing the world higher and higher, and with new heights it unleashed the coming of death, death to all living things caught in darkness. It was at the peak of each swing, at the peak of the night, that the coming of death came, and conversely, it was at the trough of the determiner's swing, the middle of the day, that there existed a short period of peace. The only way to stop this deranged pendulum, which in theory would re-establish a balance between forces, was to harness the calming power of a magus, a powerful enchanter that the world had not seen for decades. In time, a magus could learn to slow the determiner and bring back prosperity into the stream of life. My journey existed because I had imperative news to pass on to the city not a day's journey further ahead. I had been entrusted with the news of the birth of a magus, news that in but speech alone could rally a dying world to live one day longer. I was a messenger, and so my importance was in messages. Messages that, whether delivered or not, could determine the fate of decisions, and in influencing decisions, manipulate all things. Every day I ran, every day I delivered messages. The timing of my runs was critical. By nightfall, every journey had to lead me to a destination of light, perfect, all-encompassing light of every dimension. If but one scrap of flesh or hair fell into darkness during the coming of death, it would have been removed, pulled from this world, and brought into the next. Under such conditions, there were not many left alive in the world, for there were not many apparatuses built to accommodate such demanding standards. There were no wild plants, there were no wild animals, there were no insects, or bacteria, or viruses. There were only us, the few things we held in safe keeping, and the nebulae of dust. The world I traveled within was a world of rock and water. Upon making my decision regarding my passage across the Cantalbrun Bridge, I began to walk slowly forward to gauge the nebulae and react based on their next move. I walked one-fourth of the bridge's length. Not a movement came from the predators opposite me. I walked one-half of the length. They still remained motionless. It was only when I was literally before their very essences that I realized something was incredibly wrong. Each and every one of them was frozen in its physical form. Ice covered their erratic teal skin, 
Ice covered their pale, sunken eyes. Ice covered their varying heights, their seditious ways, and their evil lives. Repulsed by what I saw, I pushed them over the sides of the bridge, one by one, letting them fall the lasting fall of Resolanot Canyon's monstrous depths before shattering upon a ground too distant to perceive sound. In a matter of a few short moments, the bridge was clear, and so too was my path. Dumbfounded, but relieved, I continued on my way to the city not far ahead. I reached the city of Teldur without any other kind of resistance, and with time to spare before the setting of the sun. The city looked as it always had, barren. Every gate leading into the city was closed, every door, window, and opening barred. I knocked on the main gate. Nothing. I knocked again. Still nothing. Like with the nebulae, something was wrong. I shouted. I screamed. There was no one there to heed my calls. I watched as the sun began its descent. It crawled so slowly, but it steadily moved along, counting down moments I did not wish to fathom. The people of Teldra were nowhere to be found, and, normally, when things were as such, it meant death. And with their demise, so I too would unavoidably share the same fate. I waited, for all there was to do was wait. I could not run north, east, south, or west, and have any hope of outpacing the coming of death, and I could not climb the walls of Teldrer. There was nothing I could possibly do to earn my salvation. I was doomed, and the thinking, worrying, and panicking while I waited for that doom to claim me was maddening. It was so maddening that in the final hour before the coming of death was to arrive, I set myself on fire. I reasoned that it was far wiser to die amongst the world in the safety of light, rather than be stolen from it in darkness and delivered to some unknown chaos. When the flames and light lathered upon me, licking my flesh and meat, scouring me to the bone, I danced for as long and as far as I could around the city of Teldra. I yelled into the air the message that was to be delivered. I yelled it so loud that if anyone was still alive, they would have heard it. But, before I could perish within my fire, I froze. I became ice that did not melt. Stuck forever in front of the city of Teldra as the frozen jester caught in mid-leap flesh almost fully singed away. The Magus had already stopped the Determiner. By a miracle of his birth, he had already controlled the pendulum. With the ceasing of the pendulum swing, evil was no more, and the coming of death could no longer embrace the world. Thus the evil in killing myself froze, thus the nebulae of dust had proclaimed this truth to me, thus I did not need to die, thus I died a fool. That concludes episode 64 of The Dark Verse. You can find all of the past episodes on iTunes or at thedarkverse.com. You can. That concludes episode 64 of The Dark Verse. You can find all of the past episodes on iTunes or at thedarkverse.com. 
www.thedarkverseradio.com If you want a copy of the Dark Verse Volume 1 hardcover book which contains the first 26 stories edited and revised of the Dark Verse, you can buy it at sharkchildremains.com Thank you. I'll see you next time. Enjoy the rest of your week or enjoy whatever time period you're living in when you're listening to this. Okay, bye. All stories on the dark verse are the sole property of Sharkchild and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love.